Hello, and welcome to a new look for Before the Green and After the Checkers. We've got a new host, Marilee, to join Donnie and myself. And we've got a new segment that we're bringing to you this week called Corey's Question of the Week, which is geared towards individuals who are perhaps not as familiar with NASCAR and have some questions. Each week we're going to try to answer one of those. So with these changes, the format will obviously change a little bit, but we're confident that you're going to enjoy the show even more than you were. So let's jump in and show instead of tell. Manly, 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 life is fun. So the dynamic trio is back. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> hey, hey. All right. Well, so this is fun. Um, obviously, it's going to be different having Marilee here. Um, but uh, Marilee is, she's in control of two things. Um, one is social media. She's going to be taking Ew. on easy. <laughs> Uh, she's going to be taking on the uh, on the social media side of things, taking over a lot of that work. Um, <laughs> which, to be fair, Donnie and I, we were maxing it out with the one post a week telling you that we actually posted the podcast. So, uh, Marilee's going to take that over and actually give you some content to enjoy. Uh, but she's also going to be on here as a host. And so, what Donnie and I have discovered is that we will talk for hours and beat a horse until it's dead, rotted, should have been in the ground two and a half weeks ago, but we're still talking about it. Um, and so she's here to guide that conversation a little bit. Uh, with her immense knowledge of NASCAR, she can really gauge what needs to be uh, what needs to be changing. But we all have a pretty good relationship, the three of us, and uh, it'll pr- it'll probably lead to a little more um, a little more humor on the podcast. Um, I'm going to say 80% of it at your expense as opposed to at your benefit. Yeah, I would say so. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we were almost happy to have you. (laughs) (laughs) And then she started talking, eh, Donnie? (laughs) Also, in case some people don't know, I am Evan's sister. And when Donnie and I went to college, they thought we were siblings. So it's basically... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what's happening here that's okay um we did a three-year program and uh donnie started with mary lee <laughs> and i so mary lee did three years and then i did three years and in that six-year span donnie completed his three-year program so to be to be fair i only attended for three years i did take three oh, off <laughs> yeah I don't. I don't think anyone needed to know that. I think I'll edit that out. Um, so that's that's kind of what Marilee's taking on as a new role here, and uh, I think you'll find that it's an added benefit to the podcast as a whole. So, so Marilee, I guess that kind of takes us right into your new job, and uh, I shouldn't say new job because then you're going to expect payment, aren't you? I do like payment. Yeah. 
Well, but I will take over if that's what you'd like me to do. Yeah, I'm you, also good at that. Er, earn your keep, you know. Evan loves the <laughs> woman in charge. Shut up. <laughs> Again, siblings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's enough about us, but let's get into the recap, guys. Bristol Dirt Race. Let's talk. So, at a caution-filled race at Bristol, Christopher Bell cinched the win after leading the final 100 laps. Following closely behind him was Tyler Reddick before the caution came out for the final time and the race ended under yellow. So I got to ask, do you feel that Tyler Reddick was going to be able to get Christopher Bell? And if so, do you think he could have gotten by cleanly or would he have had to make contact to get the win? Donnie, you're up. You want me to go? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think Christopher Christopher is going to walk away with that win and only because Reddick has a win already on the season. I just, like... If if we're talking speed, if we're talking car, Reddick had the more speed, had the better car. But the thing is, like, he's already got a win on the year. You're not going to go and wreck one of your teammates just to, you know, get your second win of the season. I don't think he would have raced them dirty. And I don't think with just the one lap left that he would have been able to get past Christopher without actually putting a bumper to him or moving him out of the way. Yeah, you and I don't disagree there. Um I mean, obviously, obviously Reddick is more of a satellite teammate than actually in the Joe Gibbs campus for sure. But uh, we've talked multiple times this year about how desperation changes things, right? We talked about it specifically with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at Daytona, uh, how he drove like a non, like someone who wasn't as desperate anymore. And um, I think once Tyler got that win under his belt at Coda, um, I think that removes that necessity for that desperate lunge right I don't I don't think it's worth making an enemy to get that that one win at this point in the season I think he probably he probably would have got to him um potentially but I I definitely I don't think he would have made contact there um it would have been nice to see it play out and I think if a caution had it came out and it went green white checker we very well could have seen a different winner but I, I think that was kind of Christopher Bell's race to to lose at that point more than it was Tyler Reddick's to win if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both guys, you know, not neither one of them's known for being a dirty racer or, you know, well, for they, making those aggressive moves. So they were both pretty dirty racers on Sunday night. It was a dirt race, but <laughs> I mean, uh, Christopher Bell. Step in merrily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he All needs right. a new button. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the dirt races, there was nobody clean at the end of that race. Holy jumpins. All right, so we've talked about the winner, but let's talk about something that's a little closer to how we all interact. So early in the race, Kyle Larson forced Ryan Priest into the fence, but later Priest gets into Larson and they continue to make contact all the way down the backstretch until Kyle Larson ends up in the wall and ended his night after having led 75 laps. So I know the two of you, well, really the three of us, and we definitely have let it go early and not pushed revenge. But let me ask, did Ryan Priest have it out for Kyle after their initial contact, or was this a situation of two drivers making incidental contact? What do you think, Ev? Yeah, um, I personally believe everything that was said on the radio, uh, because the radio never lies, right? That's what they tell us, so... Uh, according to that, Priest said, you know, it, it wasn't intentional. So, I mean, you kind of got to go with that. Um, no, I I think whether it was intentionally malicious or not, I don't think there was a attempt to avoid the contact 
that there perhaps would have been had there not been that issue earlier in the race. Like that's that's one thing you got to look at is just because there's contact doesn't necessarily mean that it was intentional all the time, right? A lot of times there's NASCAR in its very nature is constantly close to having contact. What really changes it is most of the time neither driver wants contact. In this case, because there had already been that incident early in the race where Kyle Larson definitely was in the wrong, uh, forcing Priest up into the wall, Priest all of a sudden didn't care if there was contact with Kyle Larson anymore because he didn't care how Kyle Larson's race went, and he didn't really care at that point if it cost him a little bit because he was just felt like he didn't deserve to be treated the way he was treated. And I think he's he's right. Um, I, I think that Kyle definitely should have raced him cleaner. Do I think that uh, Priest necessarily had malicious intent? No, but I think he uh, he definitely gave him an option of either you lift and get out of it or you're also going into the fence, and he didn't give him nearly as much time to debate on that as, as he probably could have. What was interesting to me is uh, Tony Stewart's comments on the broadcast. Uh, I believe it was Mike Joy said, do you think that was intentional? And all you heard right before we went to commercial break because it's Fox and that's what we do. Uh, was Tony go, ah, I hope not. And uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting take from the team owner, which we generally don't hear from in that moment. So um, I don't I don't know your opinion, Donnie, but uh, from my point, I don't think it was necessarily malicious, but I, I don't think it was uh, unintentional either. Did you yeah, leave like, him anything to speak to? Like, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I agree. What did you think? Along? Agree? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Doc. Uh, I mean, you got to go back to Priest's comments on the radio, too, saying about Larson. Uh, like, he just expects everybody to get out of his way because he thinks he has so much more talent. And I really don't think Priest is wrong on that. Larson's kind of making this a pattern where he just will move guys that he doesn't think are up to par with him. And he's kind of, in my eyes, making a name for himself as a dirty racer. As far as Priest, like, intentionally doing that, uh, I don't think it was intentional, but I think Priest not being comfortable on dirt would be the type of guy that, you know, isn't going to race you hard and put you into a wall intentionally. But where Kyle already bumped him and moved him, I just, I don't think he had any worry whatsoever that, oh, well, if I get into him, I get into him. So I don't think he thought, hey, there's Kyle, I'm going to end his day. But I don't think he was also worried about staying in the gas and, fighting for that position, and hey, if he wrecks, he wrecks. That's kind of where I think his head's at. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, that you mentioned um, that Kyle Larson's building a reputation because Denny, for one, Denny called him out on the podcast, um, on Denny's podcast, Action Sentimental this week, and said that he does that. And I can think off the top of my head, I can think of two other incidents before this where that is the case. Uh, it happened with Chase Elliott last year at... Uh, I forget if it was at uh, Vegas or Fontana or where it was, uh, but Chase got into the wall because Kyle went up to block uh, or force him to let off whatever he did there. Uh, and that was with a teammate uh, to make the situation even a little worse. And then again with um, Bubba Wallace uh, in the fall last year, which I'm not saying Bubba responded well in that situation, but <laughs> That was 100% what happened there, too. Kyle ran Bubba out of out of room. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's that's off the top of my head. So I'm sure if we looked back with a little bit finer scope, 
we would probably find that there is more incidents there. So it's it's a valid point that you're bringing up that that he's building a reputation. It's probably not the reputation you want. No, but I mean, you're also a NASCAR champion making, you know, top money in the series. So <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, who's right, who's wrong kind of thing. Probably me and you. One of yeah, us is probably right. right and one of us is probably wrong. <laughs> and there's a scorecard to verify. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> hit that mute button, Marley. <laughs> Actually, she's probably hit it and move us on. <laughs> well, I keep myself muted while you guys go on and on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Let's move on a little bit. Um, Do you guys hear about Cody Ware? So he left Bristol to attend to a personal matter. And then he's, we find out he's arrested for assault causing injury via strangulation, which subsequently suspended him indefinitely from NASCAR. So Matt Crafton snuck in and filled in for this weekend. However, this leaves the 51 without a firm driver for the foreseeable future. So as of right now, no driver has been announced for that car. So I'm just going to ask guys if before the green, after the checkered podcasters were asked to pick the driver who are you guys putting in it? And since it's hypothetical, I won't make you agree on which driver because I know Donnie's not going to say Alex Bowman. Um, I think you've got to look at who Ford has that they want to get some seat time for. Um, Zane Smith, I think, is an obvious choice. They're obviously pushing him a little bit anyway, seeing as they took uh, the opportunity to put him in that 38 part-time this year and took away what was beforehand a full-time opportunity for Todd Gilliland. Uh, so obviously they want to push him a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like um, like Haley Deegan make the jump up there for a couple rides. Uh, I'm not saying that's what I think should happen, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. Um, you know, there's there's been some interesting options thrown around. One guy that I thought was – well, actually, Donnie, you go ahead and make your – before I throw out this next one, because maybe we're going to, maybe I'm just going to take everything away from you again. Apparently I did that earlier <laughs> in the night. So uh, by all means, yeah. jump in. I mean, the whole, you know what I'm like with Rick Ware racing, like it's just a big fan. dumpster fire. That is. Oh, you're not a and fan anymore. My bad. When did you think I was a fan? I just thought you always rooted for the underdogs. Oh no. Like the guys <laughs> got to check. Well, I do, but. Not like that's not an underdog. That's just a greedy pig that wants to ruin racing. Like give your charter to somebody that actually wants to compete. Yeah, I just like I I'm not a fan of Rick Ware, Rick Ware, or Cody Ware. Like they just show up week after week and drive around to get paid. And like I just honestly I I could care less what comes of it. Uh, Haley Deegan is kind of the one I was leaning towards. Maybe. She'd get some seat time, but honestly, like, I I don't know. <laughs> Nor do you I, care, just, apparently. I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm not a fan of them. I'm, I'm really not. And I mean, the situation that he's got himself involved with, like, I mean, I know innocent till proven guilty, but I think it shows a bit of the character that you are. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, typically, there's at least some smoke to the fire or Fire to the yeah. smoke, I guess, is probably the other way to put it. Um, yeah, it's not like um, it's not like there were allegations and no arrest. There was an arrest, so that go- that does give some credibility to some degree. But 
I mean, Rick Ware said they, you know, accept NASCAR's suspension. And so, well, like, well, and to be fair, there's precedent there for that, too. So, it, I don't know how long ago it was, but Kurt Busch, um, he was suspended uh, during a court case with allegations from an ex girlfriend or potentially his ex wife. I forget exactly who. Um, so, NASCAR suspended him during the process of that. Uh, Eddie DeHaunt, which would be Chase Elliott's spotter, uh, he was suspended after accusations of assault. Um, so it's not like this is uncommon for NASCAR to make that type of a stance when something like this is going on. And to be frank, kudos on them for being consistent with at least one rule. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of times we don't see that. A lot of times they're a little less than consistent. Uh, I think this is uh, I think this is one that's definitely a good one. Uh, to be consistent on it, I don't think it's, I don't think it's something that we need to. It could just as well be the situation where someone is guilty, and we allow them to keep racing, and then it raises some questions about why did you not take it more seriously and things like that. So, I think this is probably the best course of action overall. Yeah, but for sure. But yeah, it'll be if interesting. whatever happens to a Hendrick driver, we'll see if the rule changes then. Oh come off it. <laughs> a witch hunt right now <laughs> so the real question i have is cody where rick where son <laughs> yes yes okay thank you <laughs> you don't have to brag about your nascar I mean, knowledge i know right i was like wow that name is really familiar <laughs> and Marilee's next question is could casey kane be driving the 51 car <laughs> okay just because when i went to a race i was a casey kane fan doesn't mean i think he's still in the sport <laughs> and let's be fair it's because she thought his name was candy cane <laughs> that was delicious <laughs> the sweater okay yeah we've seen the sweat it's in my closet actually because it's no longer your merchandise right it yeah. probably no longer fits you either so oh goodness no so i think we've hit all the main topics for this week guys so let's move into our next segment winners and losers Let's talk about who you guys had for winners for this week first. Well, I'll state the obvious and go with Christopher Bell. I mean, he won the race, so hard to not say he's the winner. But he's also making a name for himself at Gibbs. He's kind of leading that stable now, I feel like. Uh, especially with Kyle Busch gone, he's really stepping up, and I think he's going to be the driver to watch. And then I think you also got to put Toyota just on the list of the winners because now they're the first manufacturer to besides Chevy this year to go uh, multi-wins on the season. So you never want to be the last one to figure things out, but that's kind of where Ford seems to be sitting right now. What about you, Evan? Uh, yeah, actually, ironically enough, I'm going to take a Ford driver, uh, Michael McDowell. Um, self-spun on two separate occasions. Uh, didn't have any contact with anybody. Uh, and I know you're thinking, okay, the guy spun twice. How in the world is he your winner? Well, Michael McDowell is not a dirt racer. Um, nor is front row in any means, shape, or form a top-performing team, uh, yet he spun twice and still finished in 11th place, uh, which tells me that the guy put some effort in there. So uh, kudos to him. Uh, if I was going to pick another one for the week, I would probably go with Austin Dillon. Uh, other than that contact with Kyle Busch, which uh, was kind of unfortunate and we never really saw Kyle perform after that. I think that really affected his car negatively. Austin Dillon had a great week. 
uh, ran in top three basically all day except for during pit cycle where he got back a little bit in the field before coming back forward. Had a lot of speed. I was really impressed uh, with Austin Dillon, um, which I really thought that the most impressive grandson on the on the field this year was probably going to be Ty Gibbs. And here we are looking at the number three going, huh, maybe he's finally got something. So kudos to him. I always say don't sleep on him. Silver spoon or not, he made the mud look a lot better. I mean, I will say I was watching the Michael McDowell moment both times, and like that was pretty impressive. You could not have planned it better nor pulled it off twice if you were trying. So, like, I would probably watch more NASCAR if that's how it always was like figure skating on dirt. You just thought Michael McDowell was cute. I don't know what he looks like. Sorry, NASCAR fan. All right, I'm just going to add that I agree about Michael McDowell. It was like watching Cirque du Soleil out there. They couldn't have planned it better or pulled it off twice. So let's move on to losers, guys. I'm going to start with you, Don. Who, what do you have for losers this week? Besides myself, I got to go with Joey Logano. I mean, Okay, you picked the winner for the winner and the loser <laughs> for the loser. He didn't pick the winner for the winner. Yeah, he did, yeah, Christopher he did. Bell. You picked Logano and Blaney. No, she means for the no. segment, winners and losers. Uh, e, don't worry, no one's taking your points. <laughs> Continue on as if I've said nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joey Logano. I picked him twice on the year, but for any driver to have two, did not finish and finished dead last in two races already this year. Like, it's a good thing that he's got his, you know, he's got his win and he's in, but still, like, you never want to be the guy that's finishing dead last. And for it to happen twice, you know, relatively close together, I just, they got to get things figured out over at the 22 team because you don't want to be hitting that come playoff time. Yeah, um, Logano had a bad day. Um, Kyle Larson's my pick for loser of the week. Uh, guy led 75 laps, ran uh, Ryan Priest way more aggressive than he had to uh, way earlier in the race than he had to. Uh, and then he created a consequence by doing so that basically ruined his day. Uh, whether it was intentional or not, that's what it all boils down to. And I think for a guy who's in top-tier equipment and is a threat to win every week, uh, especially on a dirt track, which is what he's known to be supposedly exceptional at and yet has failed to ever do anything in the one NASCAR dirt race uh, that has had any level of significance to it, uh, I think it's uh, really telling that that uh, he did that. You know, I, I think that uh, for this week at least, that makes him a loser. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, back to Joey, like, he was the only driver going into this with two top five finishes in dirt. And then, like, it just all fell apart on him. But it looks like the dirt boys finally got it figured out. I mean, you got Reddick there, you got Bell there. Like, it looked like the guys that knew what they're doing knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it was a different element this year. And I was actually, I will say, too, the track itself was better than it ever has been for this event. Uh, we didn't have constant, you know, caking of mud, heat and radiators up and stuff, which is also a testament to the engineers and stuff, figuring out ways that that doesn't happen. Uh, but I, I felt the race was the best we've had so far. 
That doesn't necessarily mean that I think we should continue. Season, or you mean dirt? No, sorry. No, no, no. I mean, like, of the dirt races we've had. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely not. Because I was going to say, another loser really is the NASCAR fan base. Because Bristol on concrete is a blast. 100%. And the fact that we're just covering this in dirt, uh, just, we need to be racing Bristol on concrete twice a year. And that's just what it is. Yeah, and I... I want to save a little bit for our new segment coming up, so I won't go too much into that. But yeah, I I I don't know why we're doing this anymore. Yeah, like it, it was a good idea, honestly. Like I will say that the first year I was pretty hyped for it, but it it just doesn't compare to Bristol on concrete. So I mean, you know, well, got it and move on. But yeah, the cars are at least built for the concrete and asphalt tracks. That makes a big yeah. difference. Right. I mean, I know we changed a couple things, but ask the question now, or <laughs> no, I want to have give you my loser pick for the week. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I was paying attention, surprisingly, and I just want to say that I think the loser this week was NASCAR's caricaturist because they weren't available last minute to get one of those great designs from Matt Crafton, so he had to just have his actual photo there. <laughs> and it wasn't a pretty photo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It was better than a caricature. Listen, don't get Donnie started on the caricatures, okay? <laughs> He's a big I'm fan. Gonna, I'm going to mute myself on this one. <laughs> oh, actually, you that's can just the, do that for the rest of the podcast if you want. That's how Evan would like it. To, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he just likes to listen to himself talk. It's fine. All right, guys. I'm going to start a second <laughs> podcast called Evan's Thoughts with Evan and Evan. All right, guys, so since you've already opened up that conversation, let's officially move into it. So other than trying out a third voice this week, we have added another new segment for you. As Evan mentioned in the intro, this one is geared towards sharing information for those who are not as familiar with NASCAR, like me. So this segment is named for our friend Corey, who's just started watching NASCAR a bit, and he's going to send his questions as he has them. Of course, as we become more interactive on social media, we will have options for you to ask questions too. So Corey's question for the week is this, guys. Why does NASCAR race on dirt? I'll take this one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Corey, I, so I do not know, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your question, Corey. And that was Corey's question. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I'll, I'll expand a little bit on I don't know. Um, for what it's worth, NASCAR... I really don't know. Yeah, no. Um, no, for what it's worth, NASCAR originally started with dirt being a fundamental part of the sport. Um, you know, the Daytona Beach road course, or sorry, Daytona Beach course, not road course, uh, was actually half dirt, half pavement. Uh, so it goes back to the very beginnings of racing on dirt. We have gotten drastically away from that. Um, and to be honest, as far back as I think into the 70s, we really stopped racing on dirt. Uh, maybe even further back than that. But what happened was when COVID hit, we realized that there was a lot of things that we could try um, that were different because the ratings have fallen on NASCAR um, over the years during since the peak point in the mid-2000s. So the ratings have continued to fall. NASCAR has been kind of open to trying new things. And when COVID hit, we found that there was a lot of things that we could try, such as Wednesday races, um, that worked really well for, for getting people to watch because it was something different. When NASCAR was the first sport back after COVID, it really opened their eyes. So they looked at 
some other things that were going on, and for whatever reason, dirt was something they decided they would try. Um, they had been doing the truck series on dirt for a few years before that, but at that point, from what I understand, there hadn't really been a discussion of bringing it to Cup. Um, but the, the truck series races had been successful. People liked them. Um, you know, there was no pit stops or anything like that, which even this week, the pit stops were non-competitive, so it is a different element. As for why we're still here, I don't know. Um, the, like I said earlier, the cars aren't built for it. If you looked in the stands, I wouldn't say the fans are overly excited about it. Um, it takes probably one of our top three tracks, I would potentially even say our best track, uh, and takes what could be a great race on actual concrete uh, and turns it into a track that the vast majority of the fan base doesn't love. So I don't know. I'm with Donnie on that. I really don't know why we still do, but nonetheless, some of us are so hooked on the sport that we still watch stuff we don't enjoy. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, if they do it next year, am I going to watch it? Yeah, of course I am. Yeah. And like Dirt does have that cult following. I think they were hoping to tap into that, maybe get the excitement going, but it obviously just didn't go off the way they thought it would. At least I don't think it did. No, I don't but think so. at the same time, we are saying this is the best they've done with it. So, I mean, maybe, you know, five years down the road, we'll be talking about how much we like this race and look forward to it. Yeah, I actually, what's interesting to me is I think it had the negative, or the opposite effect to what they wanted. Instead of making Dirt fans come to NASCAR, I actually think it made some NASCAR fans <laughs> go, I kind of like Dirt. I'm going to watch some dedicated Dirt racing. Um, yeah. which isn't bad for the sport as a whole. It's just not necessarily what's best for NASCAR. Well, like I remember when we talked about the Chili Bowl, like your first thoughts were like, wow, that's delicious. And I explained, no, no, it's, it's not an actual bowl of chili. It's dirt racing. And then once you watched it, you got really excited. So, I mean, there's prime example. You know, I can hear Marilee laughing in the other room. <laughs> and uh, I like to think that anyone listening to the podcast is going to appreciate that as much as Mary Lee does. Um, but that is not what the chili bowl is. <laughs> I, I picked that up. Yeah. That doesn't mean you know what it actually is, but you know, it's not that, eh? It sounds like it's a dirt race with a trophy. I tell you, after I eat chili, she gets pretty dirty. Oh boy. Mary Lee. In the bowl. Take, In the bowl. Mary Lee, take us anywhere, but here. <laughs> Well, I just want to say it's really good to know that uh, NASCAR races on dirt because of COVID. So thanks for summing that up, guys, in 45 minutes. Um, all right. So as someone who is more of an avid listener to this podcast and a diehard race car watcher, I'm excited about learning through this segment, and I look forward to next week's question. So let's move on to predictions, folks. Evan has taken a 10-7 to 7 lead, woohoo, yeah. in the prediction standings after each earned one point. So... Last week, Donnie had Logano, who ended in 37th, and Blaney was 23rd. Evan had Reddick at second, and of course, I'm as shocked as you are. Bowman was the second pick, and he ended in 29th. <laughs> so since Evan won last week, who's your picks for this week, Don? No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We got to address something real quick. Okay, Kanye, what is it? Well, she's. <laughs> I I'm going to let you finish, but. <laughs> as much as she's letting on. No. The the issue is you said Logano finished thirty seventh and you mispronounced last. 
I'm sorry. 37th slashed last. I already made that point before, though. I was paying attention. Well, I just want to make sure that everyone knows Donnie is a jinx. When he picks Logano, it does not work out. And when Logano starts listening to this podcast, he's going to be calling you guys and complaining. (laughs) Donnie, don't pick me this week, buddy. Please don't pick me this week. If we're being technical, Joey actually didn't finish at all. That's true. Actually, I'm going to be very honest. You complimented him so much on his hairline at Daytona, and I'm pretty sure it's going back again. (laughs) Uh, Moving along. Yeah, sorry. You can have your pick now. Your first one. (laughs) I got to go Truex Jr. Ah. It's got to happen sooner or later. And honestly, if he finishes dead last, then I'm just picking Bowman for the rest of the season. Okay. Strategy, strategy. I like. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw an inter- what I think is an interesting first pick at you. Josh Berry. And You're and determined. Well, listen, the guy finished second at Richmond, okay, which was our last yep. short track. Uh, short track is. Um, strategy. Sure, but hear me out, okay? Yep. Um, we're getting HMS's regular crew chiefs back. Okay, so he's going to have his top-line crew chief here again. Short tracks are where Josh Berry excels. Not to mention, Josh Berry has had a fantastic run filling in in this nine car. He's got a great team around him. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts the car in victory lane, um, especially since Hendrick generally, as a rule, dominates at Martinsville as it is. So I'm going to go with Josh Berry. All righty. And don't make fun too much because you might have to eat your crow. <laughs> More than likely, eh? Well, I, would, uh, I wouldn't say likely, but. Yeah. All, All right. right. Uh, who are you taking? Are you making picks? Me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick Alex Casey Bowman. King. I heard he's popular with Casey King. <laughs> Dale Jr., he's got it in the bag, folks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I have nothing good to say here. Let's move on quick. All right, Donnie. What's your All second pick? Right. Uh, pick number two, I'm going with Brad Kozlowski. Interesting. Yeah, I think RFK has been performing good this year. They, I feel like they're getting momentum going. And I honestly, I think Brad could get the car to victory lane and just, yeah, you got to think, you know, one race, a win, a playoff spot, like that's got to be a success for, you know, your whole team for the whole year. Like, I think you can hang your hat on that and be happy. So I think it's just a matter of time, and I think it could be this Sunday. All right, well. Or, hear me out, he could also be last this Sunday. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> She's got you dead to kidding. rights there, Donnie. Dead oh, to man. rights. Kidding. Um, All right, Evan, do you want me to just write Alex down or do you want to actually say it or actually no, but I am going to go, I am going to go all in on people that perhaps most others wouldn't pick. I'm going to go with Bubba Wallace. Um, Bubba has performed well at Martinsville in the past. Bubba has a much better car than he has had in the past. Uh, last week on dirt, he was making moves. He's got some aggression around about him. I think he's gotten past that. I need to be replaced. Statement. I'm gonna put some. Uh, I'm gonna put some faith in Bubba Wallace this week and see if he can't make something happen. Sounds good. 
Yeah, you'd be okay with that, eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Might be 10-9, 10-10 by the end of the week. Sorry, say that again? I said we might be 10-9 or 10-10 by the end of the week. <laughs> uh, just be careful what you say. I, I tell sh- you what, if Josh Berry wins, I'll give you five points. No, we're not doing extra points. I don't need them. <laughs> I don't need them. Actually, I looked at um, at the the chart today, and of my yeah. uh, of the eight races we have picked, my um, my first pick has won six out of the eight times. Really? Not, not won the race, but yeah. Yeah, like you've beat me on that. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. But on the second picks, I've only won three times. You won all the others. So, all right. So that sounds good for Brad K and through X. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's going to be a great week for Josh Barry. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Marley, you got any other comments you want to make? I just don't, I hate to break it to you guys, but I think your uh, voting for picks is really not having a big impact <laughs> on the actual race. You clearly <laughs> don't know how the sport works then. If there's on. one thing we have, Marilee, it is weight. <laughs> <laughs> Between the three of us, we can change this world and the way it sits on its axis. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they haven't like forced us by the government to sit at different areas of the world so we don't throw it off the off the rotation. Okay. We are way off topic though, so yeah. let's get back to this. It's what we do. So, <laughs> Write that down. Yeah, don't include that. Anything else you want to add as we look ahead to Martinsville, which, according to my sources, is the shortest oval in the circuit. <laughs> wow. Wikipedia is, right? is a source. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh did it have a footnote indicating that that's only for points events, like the the, the LA Coliseum is shorter? Actually, that information was from NASCAR.com and it says, and I quote Martinsville Speedway is the is a .526 mile oval that held its first NASCAR Cup Series event on September 25th, 1949. The oldest track on the circuit. My bad. There we go. That makes way more sense. Um, yeah, Martinsville. So good at this. Yeah, Martinsville. I, I love Martinsville. It's my favorite track. Um, haven't been as excited about the product the last couple years just because this particular car hasn't raced well on short tracks. But I am looking forward to seeing if the changes they made in the off season to the car are going to help it. I don't think they can make it worse. Uh, so I am excited about the race. Um, really don't excited. Challenge them, Evan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, hey, I said it, not you. It doesn't go completely the opposite <laughs> way. Um, but no, I, I I love Martinsville. It's one of my favorites, um, hands down. I think. If we can fix the short track package, we need to get more short tracks on the circuit. But for now, I will relish with Martinsville both times it's on the schedule. Honestly, I think we should cover it in dirt, like at least once. (laughs) Shut up. Hey, have you talked about water? What if we covered it in water? (laughs) Well, actually, so the weather actually looks like it's going to be wet this week. Maybe we'll actually get to see the wet weather package that only works in damp weather. Yeah, it's more of a moist package than a wet yeah. package. It looks like that sounded so awful that I said that out loud. <laughs> I just made myself cringe. Actually, I'm gonna write that down. What do you think of Martinsville? Or are we just moving on and going to the outro? What do you think? 
I feel like this uh, is the yeah. most I have to edit out in a long time. Right. And I don't want to point fingers, Sorry. but it wasn't the regulars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I don't know how much we had to edit out there, but now I believe that is everything on the list. So I'm going to turn this back over to Evan and hope I get an invite again sometime in the future. Go ahead, Ev. Nonetheless, we had a lot of fun today and just want to say thank you so much for joining us this week where we try and talk about all the biggest topics in NASCAR, uh, one of which has actually been the three of us as of late. Uh, but recently, with the addition of Merrily, our social media has taken a huge turn for the better and we would really love to have you like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages. Not only will it keep you up to date, but it will give you a direct communication point with all of us and even provide opportunity to express your thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics in NASCAR, uh, surveys, polls, all of that good stuff. So make sure you like that and we'd be so happy to have you back next week. See you then.